Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Basement Binge, the start off of the new year, even though there were some Spider-Man episodes released earlier this year. It's, it's the start of animation season, or what I am officially naming Animation Hall of Fave number two. Animation, just to briefly introduce this, has been something that I have loved for years. And the older I get, the more and more I love it and the more and more I fall in love with the format. So Animation Hall of Fave is just a chance for me every year at the start of the year to start the podcast off talking about films that are exciting to me, about a format and medium that thrills me to the core. These are films that I know I already love or I have anticipation of loving, hence the name Hall of Fave or as in favorite. So some of the films I have seen, some of them I haven't seen. It's going to be between January and February. I'm super excited, and it is officially starting with Interstellar 5555, or as it's properly named, Interstellar 45, because there's literally four fives. If you don't know what Interstellar is, I'm glad you're here and that you're listening. Thank you so much. That probably means that you're a longtime listener of the show or that you're a consistent listener. Thank you. That means the world to me. Or you're a fan of Daft Punk. Either way, however you're here, thanks for being here. Let's get into the episode and talk about one of my favorite films and the great start to the animation season with Two Cents. Two Cents is completely spoiler-free. I mean, you don't really need to be worried about spoilers with this episode at all and with this movie at all, so feel free to stick around for the entire episode. But sticking with the format of The Basement Binge, Two Cents, completely spoiler-free. Interstellar 4-5, or as I'm going to call it, Interstellar, is the house musical for the Daft Punk album Discovery. Again, if you know this film, you already know these things. This is mainly for the individuals who don't. It's a great place to start with animation season because it wholeheartedly is a creation out of the love for animation, both as a viewer and as a creator. This little snippet I'm going to read here is straight out of this booklet that came with the DVD that I bought. You know how like some Blu-rays and DVDs have those little inserts? This is the booklet that it comes with. It says, It was during the early sessions of our second album Discovery that we came up with the notion of an animated musical mixing science fiction with the decadent world of show business, limousines, with spaceships. So we began alongside the music to write the story with our friend and collaborator, Cedric Herbert. As all three of us grew up with the enigmatic poetic universe of Albator, we dreamt of a possible collaboration with Leji Matsumoto, and in the summer of 2000, we flew to meet him, taking our album and the completed synopsis. In Tokyo, Leji welcomed us warmly. Enthused when he heard the music, he joined the team right away. At last, we were ready to blast off into his Baroque intergalactic universe. Right away from his earliest sketches, the collision of our two respective worlds clearly worked. Following a meeting with Leiji's collaborator, Shini Shimizu, who produced the series Albator series for legendary production company Toei Animation, Shinji completes the team which will work under the direction of filmmaker Kazuhisi Takanoshi, October 2000, and animation can begin at last. The project is completed after 28 months of work, numerous trips between Paris and Tokyo, and the exchange of countless emails with our friend Spike Suguyama, the only member of the team who spoke both English and Japanese, and who assures the smooth communication and translation vital to the success of such an artistic collaboration between our two very different cultures. We are delighted to be able to share with you one of our childhood dreams, which has now become a reality. Daft Punk. I butchered some of the names, but hopefully you stuck with me through that. I I wanted to read that whole thing because I love that this thing was created out of a love of viewing animation and was created with people who create incredible animation and who clearly love creating animation. On top of that, these great atmospheric sci-fi world. So that main creator who was the creative director over the entire thing, Luigi 
Matsumoto, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, he was the supervising director. It fits within his style and atmosphere of these sci-fi worlds perfectly. I love this universe that they created for it. I mean, the idea of the film alone was enough to get me hooked. It's a Daft Punk anime sci-fi space opera and crafted out of love for animation by those who love the creative aspect of the format. I mean, you had me at Daft Punk anime, but all those other things just made it even sweeter. You can check out the full movie on YouTube. I will link it below in the show notes. It is definitely worth your time, which is really easy because it's only about an hour and five minutes. Very easy to watch. Just know when you watch it that it is literally Daft Punk's second album, Discovery, in order, matched with animation. There's no dialogue, just a few sound effects that are added. It is very, very unique and super fun to watch. So what do I actually think about the film? When I'm in the mood for it, nothing beats Interstellar. Like I said, it's a really unique film to watch, but every time I start it, I'm reminded why I love it. The animation and music syncing perfectly to create this incredible audiovisual experience unlike anything else. The music, of course, is fantastic. It's Discovery, one of the greatest albums ever made, but the animation is right there with it. It creates this rich world full of color and space and is just beautiful to look at. The world is rich here and we hardly get to see any of it and I'm in love with it. The kinetic energy and movement of the animation flows so well with the music to match a really wonderful mood and tone. As the film goes along, the marriage of music and picture weakens a lot and the tones don't match or the movement isn't as synced. But by the time that happens, you know, you're invested in the great story that's being told just visually. And it's actually a great story, surprisingly, about aliens being captured and forced to play music on Earth. And it's told really well with great characters and rich emotion. I wish we could get more of these characters and of this world. But like I said, the start of the film and the first three songs really one more time, aerodynamic and digital love, the animation, story and music all blend perfectly together to capture an atmosphere and mood that couldn't be captured any other way. You truly have to see it to get what I mean. The album progresses through the film and that blend gets a little less strong. Some songs don't fit the tone of the images and the story being told, but you're still having a great time because it's good music and a good story and, and good picture. Weaknesses aside, Four of the songs in the film, the first three that I mentioned earlier, One More Time, Aerodynamic, Digital Love, and then later, Something About Us, my brain will never be able to separate the blend of music, story, and animation. Those three things forever are combined. Whenever I hear the song, I think of the image and I think of the story. Or when I look at a picture or see a screenshot, I think of the story and the song. They, they work incredibly well together. I love everything in those moments when I'm watching that. It is just an absolute joy because it is everything that I love about movies and animation and music all combined in one. And that's why I love Interstellar 4 or 5. It's the start of Animation Hall of Fave 2 for that reason because this is like the quintessence of my love for animation and the unique use of it and how it can be used when it's done by creative individuals who clearly care for the art form and are using it in exciting ways. It is a fun film if you love anime, if you love sci-fi anime, if you love Daft Punk. If you have not seen it and you like any of those things, it is definitely worth your time. You won't regret it. Again, you can watch it on YouTube completely free. It's linked in the show notes. So that's two cents. That's that's kind of my immediate reaction to the film. I absolutely love it, if you can't tell. So Animation Hall Fave 2 is completely in effect. I'm super duper excited. Some brief announcements before we get into the rest of the episode. I'm giving away a digital copy of Spider-Man Homecoming as part of Spider-Man Week that happened just last week. You have until the end of January to get your reviews and leave review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do that, send me a screenshot through email or Instagram. That way I'm for sure to get it. Or you can go to podchaser.com slash the basement binge, 
leave a review there. It's super helpful. Definitely subscribe for the next few episodes coming. Next is Kung Fu Panda and then a bunch of other exciting films. So definitely subscribe. You're not going to want to miss those. Let's get on to the rest of the episode after this super brief break. All right, now that's out of the way. Let's move on with the next segment, Pick Your Poison. So here at the Basement Binge, this is the rating scale. Instead of having stars or reels like Matt does at his show, there's four options, all based on the bingeability of the film or how you would interact with it after watching it this time. Without a doubt, for me, it's a buy. I bought the film on DVD before I even saw it. That was before I knew it was on YouTube. I just had to see it, and I knew I would love it. It was affordable. It was on sale. I knew it, and I'm so glad that I bought it. I have watched this film so many times. On top of that, there's something really special about this film, particularly with Daft Punk and how they've broken up now, that makes it feel like a piece of memorabilia on top of a movie that I love to watch. So without a doubt, it's a buy. I have watched this film so many times and I will continue to watch it. With that, let's move on to the next segment, Live Up. This is where I talk about my expectations for the film. Kind of if I can remember that first time, if it was able to live up to those expectations and what it's like coming back. Are those expectations the same and can it live up the second or third or fourth time around? I don't particularly remember exactly how, but I ended up fumbling through the filmography of Daft Punk and found this film on Letterboxd and then just became obsessed with it. I had to see it. So I ordered the DVD on Amazon pretty immediately because I just needed to see the film. I don't think anything will match that first experience. You know, not to say it's like the greatest experience I ever had, but it was just absolutely completely unique. I pressed play and it was just music. And so I was worried like maybe the DVD I got was wrong because uh, some of the reviews were saying, you know, you can't play the DVD with region codes and things like that's so whatever. I was worried. I found a version on YouTube and watched it. Sure enough, it is just the Discovery album, which I was stoked about. I love the Discovery album with really great animation. So I went back to the DVD and I kept watching and I sat there with the biggest grin on my face, absolutely loving it, blown away by the incredible blend of animation and music like I described. There are so many moments in the film where it feels like they were made at the same time. I couldn't believe that it, that it was real, that this was genuinely a thing, that there was a sci-fi anime Daft Punk Discovery album musical that was made by Daft Punk. I mean, like, that's a real thing. So I found the film and watched it for the first time in November of 2020. I watched it two days later a second time, then two weeks after that a third time, and then seven days after that, just so I could get one more watch in before the year ended, this time watching it was my sixth time watching it since November of 2022. So in like a year and two months, I have now watched it six times. It is the first film I watched of 2022, and I can't think of a better way to start the year. I love this film. Every single time I put it in, I'm reminded why I love it. Yes, I'm understanding. It's there's a level of nostalgia to it. And this time around, I did especially notice that latter half of the film that isn't as strong, but it doesn't take away my love from it. It makes it feel so real. And it's exciting to me. Like I said, when I'm in the mood and I want to watch this, it's the best thing to watch. So yes, it lives up every time it does. It's Interstellar 5555. So on to the next segment, which is new for Animation Hall of Fave, and it is called Lame, Fave, or Fame. This is a new segment just for this animation season to decide this piece of animated work. Is it lame? Is it a fave? Or does it deserve fame? So lame is pretty self-explanatory. 
fave is just a f- one that I recognize I will just personally love. And the top of the list, it's fame. I love it and everybody else should too. And it should be honored and remembered. Interstellar 4 or 5. What does that deserve? It, to me, deserves fame for a lot of reasons, but especially after last year with Daft Punk separating. They are a group, a duo that will never be forgotten. And I hope that this wonderful passion project, this work of just pure creativity and creative joy is recognized and just receives more and more love. I hope that as fans of Daft Punk and fans of anime and the areas that those intersect come to discover this more, that the word will spread about it and we will all enjoy it more and more and more on into the years. It's, it is a great film. It's a great piece of history with Daft Punk and it should never be forgotten. So Animation's Hall of Fave 2 is starting off with fame. Let's move on to binge points here. It's fun to bring this segment back after Spider-Man week where it's been gone away for a while. So binge points is where I talk about Easter eggs or fun details or trivia about the film or behind the scenes things, that type of stuff. It is hard to find for this. The bonus features are fun. They give you insights into the characters of the film, but there's not a lot of knowledge about the creation of it other than that little blip I read out of the little insert it has. As far as details in the film go, again, there's not dialogue. This is our one interaction with the world, so it's kind of one-off. But the two things that I just love that I wanted to point out is that the record company is literally titled Our Company. I just think it's funny the way that that's used in the story. The other fun thing is that at one point, there's a security guard watching a soccer game or a football game, and the teams playing are France and Japan. And the score goes to two France to one Japan. So two French individuals, the two members of Daft Punk, and then one Japanese individual for Leiji Matsumoto. Just fun detail. Additionally, the names of the characters, which can be found, like I said, through the DVD bonus features, so the crescendals or the band, as they're called, uh, you can get them during like the sequence where it shows their names. You can also see it in the extras on the DVD. So the band members are Octave, who plays a keyboard, Stella, the female bass player, Arpegius, the blonde guitar player, and Beryl, who the short guy who plays the drums. The hero that comes and saves them is Shep, and then the villain is named Oral of Darkwood. Now, in Oral of Darkwood's backstory, when it shows him, the aliens, it shows him capturing aliens and then turning them into other disguised humans. Those humans are Wolfgang Mozart, Jimi Hendrix, Ella Fitzgerald, Janis Joplin, and Jimmy Page. Just fun history. Additionally, there's a sequence where it shows a bunch of bands up to receive a potential Golden Record Award, and one of the bands, of course, is Daft Punk. But... They lose to the Crescendals with the single one more time. Duh. It's the Crescendals. Also, what a genius name for a band, the Crescendals. So those are all the binge points that I have. There's not really many other details. It's just a fun film to enjoy. Let's move on to the last segment, Least and Lights. This is where I talk about my least favorite scene and my favorite scene. You already know there is no least favorite scene. There isn't a moment that I don't love this for one reason or another. Whether I'm enjoying the animation, the story, or the sounds and music, I'm loving every moment. I don't have a single negative thing to say besides what I said at the beginning that towards the end of the film, the marriage between music and picture weakens a lot and you, the tones don't always perfectly match, especially in contrast to the way that they perfectly do at the beginning of the film. But other than that, I, I love every moment of it. So for favorites, I have a few different favorites about this film. Of course, it's a movie, so I have a favorite scene. 
then I have a favorite song because it's also a discovery album, but then I also have a favorite song in the movie and how the two of them work together instead of independent, and then I have a favorite character. So I just want to talk about all of those. So to start with my favorite scene, my favorite scene is when Arpeggius, the guitarist, is running down the hall to the guitar riff of aerodynamic as the invasion happens. It's one of my favorite moments in all of just cinema in general. The music captures the tone and atmosphere of this evasion perfectly. His running and his gait matches the tempo of the music, and it's just a fantastic moment of 2D animation, the way that it's done, the story, the, the music all happening at once, the way that aerodynamic matches everything. It's a, I love that moment. It is, I have never forgotten that. So my favorite song in the movie. So actually, let's do this the other way around. My favorite song, just on the album in general, Aerodynamic is a close second. I really love that song, but it has to be Veritas Quo. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. So it'd be hard to compete with that. So now when you combine the two together, my favorite song in the movie. So both the pictures and the story and then songs working together. It has got to be the digital love sequence, particularly as aerodynamic transitions into digital love and the way it transitions the tone from the crescendals, as I'll call them, being captured to the kind of daydreamy, excited, free spirit attitude of Shep on his guitar ship in love with Stella and the animation sweeping around and through the ship with the glides of music. It transitions to him chasing after Earl's ship and like the alarm he gets perfectly. And it feels like the music changes with the animation and story like they were created together it is the way that they work together you just have to see it to know what i'm talking about like i said those first three songs work so well but particularly that digital love sequence the way that it transitions between tone and story with the music is it's it's incredible how they did it i absolutely love it so lastly my favorite character you probably guessed it it's shep the hero that comes and saves him if you know you know Shep's incredible. I wish we got more of him. I hope someone would be smart enough to like steal this or, or make some world of it. Can we get like a mini series on Disney Plus or HBO Max or something? Like I want to watch more of Shep, but I also don't want more of that because I want it, this unique little pearl to be preserved on its own. So it's, it's a balance of, of loving what we got and wanting more, but not wanting more. Favorite character, Shep. Let me know though, if you leave a review on Podchaser, which you can for this specific episode, not just the podcast as a whole, it's really nice because in your review, you can leave a comment about this particular episode. Let me know what's your favorite scene from it, what's your favorite song from the album Discovery, or maybe what's your favorite, favorite Daft Punk album, and do you have a favorite character from Interstellar? You can also leave a comment on the post that will be on Instagram, uh, hopefully today this episode is, is live. So let's move on to the last segment, which is going to be a brief segment, but still a rich segment, and that is fall in. This is the last segment because it's, it's the most important, so to speak, when I talk about the application of the things in the film, themes, messages, principles, ideas, takeaways, relatable ideas, whatever it may be, and applying them to our life. There's a lot, you know, particularly the kind of opening sequence with, I don't know who it is talking that Japanese, I, th I think it's a Japanese individual. I think it's Matsumoto. I'm not sure. I did a little digging because he talks about how a musician is a magician. And kind of in English, how those words sound similar. In Japanese, the pronunciation of them is just different in the way the initial vowel is said. Or so my research guides me to say, again, I don't speak Japanese. So that's obviously like a really rich thing we could dive into about musicians being magicians. But the thing that I love is 
the great contrast we get of the lifelessness of the crescendals creating or being forced to create under the pressure to create from someone else for fame or for a specific recognition. And then the incredible lightheartedness and joy and excitement of them performing at the beginning and at the end. And how creating out of passion is completely different creating out of pressure. And whether you go on to be the most successful band on earth because you're an alien captured or whatever, creating is something that I think all of us do in many different ways. Creation is a really, really important part of our life on earth. And I think all of us are creators in our own way. What's interesting is that there's a lot of pressures in our lives, being me trying to grow a podcast and create something out of that, or just anything else I want to do. My own personal desires, the way that I create in my job and the the need to get things done on a timely manner and to reach deadlines, there's a lot of pressure in those things. And it's a balance you got to strike to be able to create those things out of your own desire and not out of the pressure. There's this really, really incredibly well done scene visually told where you see the lifelessness of the crescendals. And then the manager for the record company is super excited. He's giving us thumbs up. He's cheering like he's having a heyday because he has created something uh, that's paying off for him. And maybe his creation is a product. We don't know. But we see the, the, the sadness of the crescendals and not a lot of its choice. I mean, they're brainwashed. But it's just great visual portrayal of the contrast of the two and the need to uh, find a balance in that. While I'm enjoying the creation of so many talented people, both with the music and the incredible animation, it's a reminder to the power and love of creation and those select individuals, Life Daft Punk, who are able to do it out of love and out of excitement and never out of pressure and how those created really remarkable pieces of art, be that their albums and all of them that are incredibly powerful and really well done, or this film. It's just exceptionally well done and a great message that I can relate to. Those are all my thoughts about Interstellar. A great start to animation season, Animation Hall of Fave 2. Clearly, I love this film. I love animation. I can't wait to talk about more of them. So please subscribe wherever you're currently listening to podcasts. Also, share it with somebody who likes animated films. What's coming next is Kung Fu Panda. I just watched it like a few hours ago. I was already excited. I was excited to revisit Kung Fu Panda and the trilogy, which I'm doing because it's been a while. But now that I've seen it, I'm even more excited to give you a sneak peek of what live up in that particular episode might be. Holy smokes, this film, Kung Fu Panda, is beautiful in every way that a film can be, particularly with animation. Can't wait to talk about it. That episode will be coming out later this week. So check that out when it does. Additionally, like I said, share this with somebody who you think enjoys animation as much as I do. But thank you for joining me for the first episode, as unique and kind of one-off as it was for Animation Hall of Fave 2. Again, this is The Basin Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao.